0: Hallelujah. Is that okay, Paul? Okay. Father God, we want to thank you so much that you are the Sovereign Lord. We want to thank you that you are Almighty God. We want to thank you, Lord Jesus, that you paid the price in full for us. We want to thank you, Father, that you sent your Holy Spirit, that, Father, that we are now seated with Jesus Christ in heavenly places. Father, we want to thank you that we are the righteousness of Christ Jesus. Father, we want to thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, for your Holy Spirit. Fathers, we come to this new, this, this new topic, this new series today. Father, we want to hear your voice, Father. Not the voice of man, we want to hear your voice we want to hear your spirit ministering to our spirit. And Father, we want to be people who do the word and don't hear it only. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can I just firstly reinforce what John said earlier about the, um, the uh, church on the farm last week? Some came, some weren't able to come because of uh, various commitments. Let me encourage you, Um, I was so thrilled when Barb said she'd gone to all that effort to download, uh, whatever that means, uh, these tapes and these videos and stuff. This this really is very, very important, very important. We're part of a family of churches, New Frontiers, and uh, this is part of the teaching which helps to equip us for works of service. So let me encourage you, if you haven't got a clue what a download is or how to burn a CD... And I suggest you talk to our resident person that does know, the lovely Steve at the back. Even I worked out how to burn a CD. Um, uh, Please hear it. Maybe even risk to say, um, instead of watching God TV for an hour, listen to one of those for an hour. Um, Even some of the wonderful resources we have within Christendom. Let's let's also hear what God is, is specifically saying to us as a family of churches. Hallelujah, and also if you're doing that, let me commend to you Tom Shaw's word from last year on idols. Believe me, if we get hold of that, it will change your life. It says on MasterChef. If you listen to that download, it'll change your life. Does anyone have a clue what I'm talking about? No. Okay. <laughs> it's MasterChef. Does anyone watch MasterChef? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. That's good. 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 We just we just like the. Okay. Today we start a series, a series we're calling it Real Faith. Real Faith. You know, it's a challenge for us to move from the milk of the word. You know, we have the milk of the word, we're fed week to week, and we have a nice word from John, and we have inspirational stuff from Steve a couple of weeks ago about uh, the betrothal. I mean, that was fantastic, wasn't it? And, and it's all good stuff. And what we want to do now is we want to move on to the meat of the word of God. I really believe it's, a ch- it's time for us... I don't mean this in a heavy way, to grow up, to kind of get hold of the word of God and get hold of the promises and not just be forgiven sinners saved by grace, but saints, saints of God. We are saints of God by his grace and because of Jesus. It's an opportunity to challenge ourselves, an opportunity to grow up and to mature. Oh, don't I love that word? You see, army cadets, army cadets, you know, they march around, don't they? They know the marching. They know whether a sergeant is higher than a lieutenant. They know all of that stuff. They know about battles, but they're not soldiers. They just march around the ground knowing the stuff. And we're called no longer to be cadets, but it's time to move into becoming soldiers. That means we go to the front line. That means we have to be equipped for the work that God's got for us. We have got a lot of work to do. When I look inside myself and I think of all the issues and the stuff and the emotions that need to be healed and sorted out... I could stay in there till the day I'm put in a box <laughs> and you know Tom Shaw presses the button and off I go. You know. But we are called. Yes, we work stuff out as we go along, but brothers and sisters, please, let's grow in God. Let's get hold of the word of God. Let's hear what the Spirit is saying to us. Let's love one another and let's be soldiers equipped because there's, there's work to do. There's work to do. I'd rather sit and love Jesus, but there is work to do. I believe that the Holy Spirit really wants to guide us more, to teach us more. As we lift the name of Jesus high, as we ask for his equipment, the Holy Spirit is going to teach us and lead us. I really, really believe that. Oh dear. You know, we have a commission. We have a calling. It's to love Jesus. To love one another. To preach the gospel. As someone said last week, put it simply, heal the sick, raise the dead. Cast out demons. I don't know whether that was in the main seminar when I was maybe talking to um, Martin, but that's God's commission to us. So let's, uh, let's have a go. I know Barb has a go. It's good, isn't it? <laughs> a bit scary sometimes. Real faith. Let's make it very clear. We're not looking to idolise faith. It's all about faith. We're not looking to worship faith. We're not going to be explaining magic keys to faith. We simply need to focus on Jesus. Just like we did in the worship. Don't, does not something in your spirit rise when we just focus on Jesus? Doesn't all that stuff that we're bugging us, doesn't it just sort of start to fall into a little bit more perspective when we fix our eyes on Jesus? We need to delight in him. We need to delight in in his presence. We need to be constantly enthralled with his love. Let's meditate on the greatness of Jesus. As David was prophesying. Let's look at the sacrifice Jesus made. Let's remember that he's resurrected. And, yes, Julian's saying it. He's coming again. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't we need to be filled more with the Holy Spirit? Don't we need, let's, if you want to be filled with more of the Holy Spirit. Let's just say, let's just stand now. I'm sitting down. And now I'm going to stand. Right. If you want to be filled with more of the Holy Spirit, then I just ask you to stand right now. Let's do it. Let's go for it. Father, we want to thank you that Jesus Christ is Lord. Father, we want to thank you for the privilege of being able to worship you this morning. And Father, we need your equipping. Father, we need your resourcing. Father, we want to rest in your presence. And, Father, we want to go equipped by you. Father, if you do not go with us, we dare not go up. But, Father, we're asking, would you fill us and refresh us again with the Holy Spirit of God, the promise of the Father. Jesus, Father, and Holy Spirit, we worship you. Fill us now, Lord, and fill us, Lord Jesus, Our constant prayer is increase my capacity within and fill it with you. Fill us, Father, more and more with the Spirit of God, not just today, but out there in the real world tomorrow too. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. If you'd like to sit down, just soak and enjoy the presence of God. You know, Jesus is ever living to make intercession for us. Isn't that marvellous? Isn't that wonderful? It's real faith, but where does it all start? It starts with the good news, the gospel. See, God made this perfect creation. I think it was Maggie saying earlier, the earth, the stars, the planets, all in perfect order, these wonderful TV programs. We don't agree with what they say about it, but that you just see the wonder of creation. Absolutely fantastic. God made this beautiful world, and he created man in his own image. And man being what we are, We sinned, we fell, we got it wrong. We messed up our relationships with God. And God had to find a way, because he loved us so much, of refreshing and renewing and and, and, and restarting that relationship with us. And that's why he sent his son Jesus, perfect, spotless Lamb of God. And when Jesus was on earth, he showed what the Father was like. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He went to the people who were struggling with with mental health and struggling with family issues. He loved children. He gave himself. He showed the Father's heart. He suffered a cruel death. Just even over the last 24 hours, meditating on, on, on the cross and the approach to the cross. Just the unfairness of it all. Somehow the pain you think you could cope with. But when it's unfair, people say stuff about you. You know, put the knife in your back. Do people struggle with that? Ah, oh, so hard. Unfair. And he, he, he never fought against that. And he gave up his life. He trusted himself to the Father, even when the Father turned his back on him. And it said that God raised Jesus from the dead. God raised Jesus from the dead. So there, now we can be restored to a relationship with God. If you do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ then today is your opportunity. Because God made a beautiful world. We messed it up. God came and paid the price through Jesus. And now by faith in Jesus, we can be restored to relationship with God. And we have a hope and a future. If you have not come to that point of saying, Jesus, be Lord of my life, then please, I urge you, do it today. Holy Spirit, please prompt people. Holy Spirit, please stir people's heart to do business with you i pray father once we're saved we can have an everlasting relationship with god isn't that fantastic he accepts us and he doesn't reject us he's not a crutch to help us through life he is a god he is a majestic king yes things are tough and we're going to come to that later but we have him all sufficiency in all at all times as a song says how great is our god so real faith, let's be clear, real faith about real people in the real world, it is relevant to us today. Not something up there that we can't attain, but real people in the real world. That's what Hebrews is all about. Hebrews 6, 11 and 12 says this, We want each of you to show his, this same diligence to the very end, in order to make your hope sure, we do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherited what was promised. See, when you're preaching, it's very important to give the context. We, you know, we know some of the funny stories about scripture taken out of context. So what is the context of Hebrews 11? Well, I had a bit of a revelation on this, so hang on to your seats. Hebrews 11 comes after Hebrews 1, 2, 3, um, 4, with the good bit at the end. Do you know that good bit at the end of 4? 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. That is the context. It, Hebrews was written to Jewish Christians. Uh, we don't know who the writer was, but it was written to Jewish Christians, and they would, they would have really understood the context of Jesus and how it fitted into God's, what you could say, master plan. For salvation, so they understood the significance. So let's start um, our study of Hebrews 11 by looking at Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews 1, verses 1 to 3, and it says this In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways, but in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son Jesus. Whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. The son, that's Jesus, is the radiance of God's glory. And the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. There's the gospel Literally in a verse. How wonderful is our God. How majestic is our God. He did everything. The Son is the radiance of the Father's glory. We sang that song at the Downs, didn't we? About the radiance. Jesus, you are the radiance of the Father's glory. And he is. And he is. The whole book of Hebrews demonstrates God's desire to speak to his people. To, and he demonstrates his passion for us through Jesus. Anybody remember what Hebrews 13:8 says? Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today and forever. Is that on your fridge or is it in our hearts? Jesus is, So Hebrews ends with Jesus and blow me down, knock me down with a feather. It starts with Jesus. And guess who's in the middle of the book? Give me a J. (laughs) Let me just read. There are notes to give out at the end, but let me read some of these scriptures which just point towards Jesus. So again, we're talking about real faith, but it's all in the context of Jesus. And as we were hearing earlier, his centrality. So these are all in Hebrews 2, 9 and 10 says this. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, now crowned with glory and honour because he suffered death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. Hallelujah! Isn't that wonderful? In bringing many sons to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the author of their salvation perfect through suffering. Jesus perfected through suffering. <laughs> Verse 14. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. I've got good news today. If you are fearful of death, we're going to pray for you at the end. And we're just going to get Jesus involved. We're going to get Jesus involved on the case. People spend their lives fearful of death. Yet Jesus, yet Jesus, yet Jesus. Hallelujah. Hebrews three one says this. Therefore, holy brothers who share in the heavenly calling... Fix your thoughts on Jesus, the apostle and high priest, whom we confess. Hebrews four, fourteen to sixteen says this. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we p- profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. But one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. As I've said before, I've got good news. Temptation is here to stay. That's always going to be around. But how we deal with it, in the book. Hebrews seven, twenty-five says this. Therefore... He is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. Jesus is able to save us completely. Not part, not will you save my soul but my body, no. Not you save this but not my emotions. He is able to save us completely. Consider Jesus, consider Jesus. Hebrews 9, 27, 28 Remember, we're building up towards these heroes of faith. We're building the picture. 9.27 says this. Just as man is designated to die once, and after that to face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many people. And he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Hallelujah again. Isn't that good? Isn't that wonderful? And just the last scripture and this little run, it's got to be Hebrews ten 19, hasn't it? It's got to be. And it says this. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place, by the blood of Jesus, a new and living way, open for us through the curtain, that is his body. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. If you've got a cat, it's very important to keep some sellotape in the drawer. You with me? No. Because cats molt. And the only way to get those wretched hairs off is to put sellotape on and peel off. David said something very significant I felt at the prayer meeting yesterday about how, how kind of sin can kind of grotty us up. I can't remember the words, but it can blot us. We can, kind of, we can open the door to sin and it just kind of blots us and kind of messes things up. And We need Holy Spirit sellotape. Just to go, you know, when the sun sets us free, we are free indeed, apart from the odd guilty bits that we feel. Is that what it says? That when the sun sets us free, we are free indeed. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive our sin, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We know that. Forgiven, dealt with, move on. Again, I commend Terry's article in in last month's magazine. He talks about whether we're sinners saved by grace or whether we're saints. Very important teaching. But brothers and sisters, let's let's deal with sin quickly when it comes and then let's move back to our position in Christ Jesus. Not belittling what happened on the cross or the blood. Not belittling that. But let's not stay there through false humility. Let's stand as sons and daughters of the King. So important. So we've had lots of history and lots of theology from Hebrews, fantastic, stuff But it all comes down to real people. I see two 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 themes in in Hebrews. The first theme is Jesus, hooray! And considering his example of faith, we see that in three one and twelve three. And the second theme is application. Again, it's real people. Applying real faith. In Hebrews 11, we have the so-called heroes of faith. You think, oh, they're just wonderful people, had a great life, and they believed God and prayed, and they were fantastically wonderful. They were people that suffered. They were people that struggled. They were people that had a hard time, but they held on to the faithfulness and the character of God. Hallelujah. You look at some of the the men and women of faith, um, go back to the 19th century, some amazing heroes of faith. And look at what happened in their lives. It was really tough, really awful, again, as Maggie was saying last night, that yesterday the the chap that sang the song "It is well with my soul." I think his family had been lost in a, it was a boat disaster or whatever, and he was still able to say it 's well with my soul. That is an encounter with Jesus. He understands our pains he 's not cold and hard to that. My, we need more of the holy spirit we can 't sum that up in our own strength. And, I'll come to that a little later, so ultimately, the heroes of faith they were looking they were looking for a city i won 't rob the person that 's doing that one, but it has foundations whose maker is God, comes back to God. So how do we develop our faith? I can only very whisper touch this because we 'll be unpacking it in the coming weeks, but faith is vital firstly because it pleases god hebrews eleven six Secondly, in Romans 14:23 says, "Whatever is not of faith is sin." Ooh, it's interesting. Faith is vital because situations are moved by faith. Mark 11, the mountain, so forth. That's a that's a year in its own, isn't it? Thirdly, faith is the receptive quality of prayer. Look at James 1:6. There's no time now, but that'll that'll unpack to you. And thirdly. Fifthly, for those of you with dyslexia like me, fifthly, faith is is vital because the devil, boo, is resisted by faith. That's how we resist him, by faith. There are distinctions in faith. Again, this will be unpacked a little bit more. And If you don't quite get this, bear with me because we'll get to this. But faith, 1 Corinthians uh, 12, 9, 9 11 shows us that faith is a gift of the Holy Spirit and it's a gift given by the Holy Spirit for creative miracles. There is also a work of grace that acts in our lives. This enables us to be saved. That's Ephesians 2, verse 8. Anyone know Ephesians 2, verse 8? For by grace we have been saved, that not of ourselves, it is the gift of God. So, again, we can't do it in ourselves. It is a gift from God. And also we need faith to enable us to function as the body of Christ and to live our lives in the will of God. And we're just briefly touching that. That's Romans 12, 3. Let me read that to you. It's important to get the word in. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment, in accordance with the measure of faith God has given to you. So God gives us a measure of faith. I don't have to weigh up whether I have the same faith as David. God gives each of us a measure of faith. See, faith is not man-made. You can't summon up, I'm going to believe, I'm going to believe, I'm going to believe. There was a real hero of faith, his name was E.W. Kenyon. He was a Bible teacher in the 19th century. He modelled his life on George Muller. And uh, he was a Methodist preacher, I believe. And he just became just disillusioned with with the whole uh, traditional worship of that time. And uh, he decided to live by faith and to really go for the presence of God. And it's a good story. But he said this, faith is a gift from God. It is not earned by works. please. Please get that in your heart. Faith is a gift from God, not earned by works. We can't earn our salvation. We can't earn faith. It is a gift from God. Remembering, loving God, good Father, who gives good gifts to his children. He goes on to say, unbelief can become insistent thinking that by some kind, it can force God to answer. We're going to force God to answer. We need to avoid legalism, you know, forcing faith. I'm going to fast for the next week. I'm not going to tell anyone, although I'll wear a of clothes so people will know. But I'm going to fast for the next week because I want God to really see how, you know, I'm going to get up early and I'm going to seek, I'm going to get the word. Well, those things are okay if that's what you sense God has said to you. But if we try and make it happen, it's not going to happen. We stand over the broken leg, Lord, you're going to do, do, do it, Lord, you're going to do it, Lord, you're going to do it. It just builds disappointment, frustration. We need a gift from God. You see, we stop looking at the little aside, let's stop looking at the broken leg and let's start looking at our beautiful Jesus. Who knows? (laughs) No, I won't go into stories there. But we've seen that happen. You cannot produce faith for events. We are given the gift of faith, I believe, when we're saved. Because faith can be weak. Or faith can be strong, but also it can be increased. Got to be Romans 4, Abraham. This is a great one. But let me just read to you Romans 4, 20 to 21. Yet Abraham did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do What he had promised. A little aside about Abraham. He knew that God was able to do what he has promised. Imagine Abraham, 97 years of age, or whatever, going in for his prayer time. Oh Lord, maker of heaven and earth, I worship you. I thank you for your promise. I thank you that I'm going to have a son. I thank you that, you know... The whole world's going to be blessed and the stars... Oh, Father, oh, God, I thank you. You're an almighty God. You're well able to do it and I'm in faith. Hallelujah. He thinks, oh, well, cup's on in five minutes. I go to the other tent watch it with the boys. Goes through the tent. First thing he sees is Ishmael. The first thing he sees is the failure and the mistake that he made. You know, dear friends, I kind of want to say, brothers and sisters, I implore you, we pray, we seek God, and we come out of that place, and normally we're confronted by the very first thing, where we fell short, where we got it wrong. You know, there's a photograph of that member of the family we've been praying for that isn't saved. Or we're confronted by that, 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 that debt because we made a mistake financially. We go, oh, strengthen yourself in the Lord. Strengthen yourself in your most holy faith. Keep focused on Jesus. He won't go, bing, and it all goes away. But God is well able to redeem situations. We looked at that recently. God can redeem it. Stand in faith, because it will be tested. But don't get disheartened when you see Ishmael. God understands we're flesh and blood. He knows we're, we're people, we have weaknesses. But he is well able... To do what he has promised. Let's keep our eyes focused on Jesus. I'm going to skip skip a couple of bits there, I think. Just looking at Hebrews 11 in the Amplified version. Um, if you've got a spare couple of hours, I'll read the first verse to you from the Amplified. And uh, Hebrews 1, 11 1 says this. Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of things we hope for. Being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses then verse 6 but without faith it is impossible to please and be satisfactory to him for whoever would come near to God must necessarily believe that God exists and that he is the redeemer there's that word Of those who earnestly desire, sorry, earnestly and diligently seek him out. Five points about faith. And they don't all begin with P, you'll be glad to hear. Firstly, now faith is. Faith is in the present tense, it's a present experience. Okay? Those strong in faith before may not be strong in faith today faith for the future in that sense um sorry faith is not for the future in that sense so for example one day god is going to heal mrs jenkins that ain't faith i'd argue that probably isn't even hope maybe that's sentiment one day mrs jenkins will get healed no that that is not faith i'm not knocking that but that's not faith Let's just be clear about what is and isn't faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. There must be hope present for faith to be exercised. See, American Standard says in Romans 5.5, 5, hope does not disappoint. Remember that? Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Remember, hope is not, does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Notice how God, again, in his grace, takes the emphasis away from what we have to do to he pours his Holy Spirit in. Let's keep our eyes focused on him. Let's keep our eyes on the word of God. Is this all right? Is this okay with me still? Still with good, 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 good. See, faith is released by the knowledge of God's love. It is released in the heart by the Holy Spirit and by the promises of God. Sometimes, you know, it's hard to get faith going because really we're not in that love relationship with God. We're not in that place of intimacy. We don't actually know him. and Deep down in our heart, we think that he's got a stick behind his back. He's going to whack us if we get it wrong. We have to get our image of God Based on the word of God, not based on upbringing and tradition. Easy to say. That's why it's good to keep ourselves soaked in the word of God. Romans fifteen thirteen says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Do we want peace? Do we want joy? We say that, let there be joy in the Holy Ghost. Yes, how? By the word of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit. We can't sum it up, we can only receive the gift of our Father. Thirdly, faith is the evidence of things not seen. This is important, bear with me. Faith has substance, but importantly, it is not evident to the natural senses. It moves on the word of God. Just because God said it, it doesn't mean to say there is physical evidence. This is this is so crucial. We had a situation once where um, we had a young lad in our in our previous church, and um, he had you know certain needs and and so forth, and uh, he needed to go to a, a specific type of school, and this school was about a hundred hundred miles away, outside of the area of our local. Um, council, money-giving thingy. Sorry. That catchment area, that's it. <clears throat> so funding wasn't available. <clears throat> and they were really praying, because this, this school was the ideal to meet, to meet his needs. And we kind of praying, oh, dear Lord, if it be your will, we pray that you would bless the people making the decisions. And, you know, that was, well, that was that. But one morning, I, to, I just got it. Suddenly, it was like a gift of faith came and I could see that God was going to break through the red tape and he was going to release the funding and that he was going to get this placement. Impossible. Impossible. So I took the risk and I said to these very dear friends who we know for a long time, I believe that God is going to cut the red tape. He is going to cover the whole thing with his Holy Spirit and this lad is going to get the place. So what we did as I bought, some red, I bought some red ribbon to the meeting. They held each end of the ribbon. I cut it, prophesied it, we put it in a bucket, and I put a whole pint of oil all over it. Literally, within a couple of days, they met, they released the funding, and this boy was able to go to this school. It was just fantastic and impossible. It has nothing to do with me. It was just that suddenly... It was a gift of faith. Just I had it. Rather than, Lord, you know, somehow you've got to break in. It was just suddenly. It was easy. <laughs> but you can't summon up easy. And, and I, I believe as we concentrate more on Jesus, as we seek to minister more to the Holy Spirit, that anybody in this room, people listening to the downloads, folk not here today, can be released in that. Father, show me. Don't we want God to break through in situations? On the situations in the wider area here that we're praying into, we just need need a word from God, a gift of faith, something special from God, not summoned up, but received from him. And then you speak the word, because you have to speak the word to activate faith. (laughs) Look at the creation, and God spoke, and it all started kicking off. So... Oh, I have no a clue where I am now. Yes, faith believes that God is. This means recognising, wait for it, that God is God. He is the God of every situation and every circumstances. And he is willing, uh, sorry, he is both willing and has completed everything for that to be achieved. For the success that we have believed for. You see, faith, I believe, is about entering a rest. Not a floppy rest, but a rest of strength and assurance in God's presence. See, Moses, back in Exodus, he, he had the burning bush, we, and someone else will unpack that again. But eventually, he met God as I am. God said, I am. Which was like a death sentence to hear, really. He said, I am. But what did Moses do? He thought about the rejection of when he was a baby, thought about the fact he wasn't brought up by his parents, about the fact that he'd murdered someone, he'd blown it, he'd got it wrong. He was concentrating on that, and yet God was saying, I am. Let's not give God the list of all our failings, shortcomings, family history. But let's let's just focus on God, I am. He is the I am. Fun translating that. (laughs) He is the I am. Moses focused on all those things. He focused on the terror of the commission. Go to Pharaoh, you're having a laugh. That's a death sentence. Focus, I am. I am. Fifthly, faith must come to God. Now this is clearly our relationship. You look at James chapter 4. It says, draw near to God, doesn't it? Come, draw near to God, and he will come or draw near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. I'm sure we'll come to double-minded another day. Place of purity, because we're washed by the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah, it's his grace. Isn't that wonderful? But let's come before him with pure hands and not double-minded. But firstly, we need to draw near to God because I think as Fred mentioned earlier he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him numerous examples in the New Testament people that came to Jesus they pushed through the crowd they sent centurions to get him or centurions sent servants to get him they even pulled the roof apart so they could get people to Jesus I believe Jesus meets those who diligently seek him. So, really, in summary, I believe that faith is a present experience and it's based on hope in the heart. It has substance despite the fact we cannot it's it's working in an unseen realm. Faith is experienced out of a relationship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. It enables us to possess those promises when it's done through the power of the Holy Spirit. We move in an unseen realm because it says in Habakkuk, the righteous will live by faith. And that's in three other places in the Bible. It's a God-given challenge. The righteous will live by faith or by his faith. Couldn't resist just looking up a couple of men of God to see what they had to say about it. And Watchman Knee, he said, There's three facts about God that underlie true faith. Firstly, Matthew 9 28, he is able. We have a God who is able. Secondly, Matthew 8 2, he is willing. God is willing. And thirdly, Hebrews 11.6, He is. God is. Hmm. See, God's power and God's compassion in itself can stir hope. Faith rests on his activity now. Don't claim to have faith until you can say, I am, and I have, because God is. Let's be very careful about having faith about stuff which, to be honest, is unachievable. Lord, we believe you're going to sweep over Shropshire and everyone will fall down the power of your spirit and the fire of God will burn and everyone will be saved. Can you really see that? Have you seen that in your heart? Or, Father, I pray that that neighbour we'd be nice to might knock on my door and say, my daughter's not well. Could you have a little prayer for us? Not now, but later. Could we believe God for little things, for little seeds that will grow? The way we chat to people that come in, whether the art group or coffee and chaos, people get chatted to, friendships, relationships. Let's put our faith into that, that our relationships will strengthen, that people will know where to come, because we're a people who have an answer, not just looking in here about all my needs. Let's be missional in our faith. Oswald Chambers said, nothing Jesus Christ ever said is common sense. (laughs) Nothing is common sense. i give you some examples of some pretty crazy things done over the years. But um, when they're done in the Holy Spirit, they're appropriate. Have you ever come back from a big conference or something and you said to people, and then this guy jumped on the stage with a hoover and he blew it and everyone in the front two rows fell over? People go, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's great. Good. They don't get it. But the thing is, when that happened, it was a Holy Spirit moment. And, and that's for the moment. We have to live in the real world, which is here and which is now. But Jesus Christ never said anything that was constant. Love your enemies. What do you really want to do to your enemies before you were saved? <laughs> Give and it will be given to you. Oh, come on. Lay your hands on the sick and they will recover. Nothing that Jesus said in that sense is common sense. He worked in a different realm. He had faith, faith in his father. Nothing Jesus Christ ever said is common sense. It's revelation sense, revelation sense. It reaches the shores that common sense can never reach. Watchman knee. now there's a man who knew his God. Faith, as I say, is not rushed. It's not about presumption. Have faith in God or have the faith of God. I just encourage everyone to just stand for a moment. Let's just pray. I'd just like to read... There's, there's much more I'd like to do, but if, if anyone would like prayer or whatever, John, who was playing the guitar earlier, David here, Steve who was on the bass guitar, available to pray with people. So come and seek us out and do stop for a coffee. But uh, you know, hope deferred makes the heart sick. I, I really believe today is an opportunity for one or two people to receive fresh hope not asking you to go out and move mountains this afternoon, but just to receive fresh hope as a gift from an all-powerful and loving Saviour. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters. Father, I pray that hope would spring up in their hearts. Father, I pray as situations overwhelm us, situations in our family, health concerns, fears, just a sense of being overwhelmed. Whatever it is, Father, I pray that hope would be renewed and I pray, Father, that would come by a fresh revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray for us, Father, that we would have that fresh revelation of you as a father, of you as a king, as you of our captain and Holy Spirit. We would learn how to listen to you and how to Hear your voice. Let me just pronounce this, this blessing over everyone. This is from Hebrews 13. May the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, remind you of earlier? God, a God of order, shepherd of the sheep. May He equip you with everything good for doing his will and may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ to whom be glory for ever and ever. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We're available to pray and chat to folk. So if you're visiting us, the facilities you need are just through the door to our right and there'll be tea and coffee. Uh, served a couple of minutes' time. Please stay and uh, relax. Have a good week. Thank you.